want to thank the praise team for all the work that they do. I've thanked them several times this morning, but you really couldn't find better music anywhere. So uh, that's been a blessing today to listen. Even when there was only seven in the worship service previous to this, it was a blessing uh, to those people I know. It was a blessing to me. You know, last week we talked about losing Jesus. That's a possibility. Even Mary and Joseph lost him. The people that you would least expect to lose him lost him. And they found him where they left him. Uh, that's certainly possible for us to abandon the Lord. The good thing in all these songs we've heard this morning is he never abandons us, although sometimes he may withdraw his presence and his power from our lives. And even let us allow us to go into discipline. That happens to us sometimes. That may be where you live today. You may feel like the person we talked about last week. I just gave one illustration, and I want to return to that, that illustration last week. I gave you an illustration out of the Old Testament about the man named Samson. And today, we want to talk about losing your passion for God's purpose because that's how he lost the Lord's presence in his life. It began with him losing his passion for God's purpose, losing his personal commitment to God. You know, I said in the earlier services that losing your passion for God's like breaking off little breadcrumbs and dropping them along the way. You break off one here and drop it on the ground. You break off one there and drop it on the ground. You can follow that trace of breadcrumbs like Hansel and Gretel did, you know, to find spiritual lives. We can drop pieces of our commitment. And if you follow the pieces of your commitment that have you dropped along the way, You'll find where it all started. You'll go back to that moment. We can find that in the life of Samson. And that's what we want to look at today. But before we do, I want to pray. Let's pray together. Lord, would you speak to us today? All of us here are broken people, every one of us. And lives, our lives, to one degree or another, have been broken by sin or circumstances. And Lord, I know that today there are going to be people who are listening who find themselves in the story of Samson. And wonder, Lord, if they can ever again be of use to you. So, Lord, I pray today as you show us where we are and where we're not, I pray, God, that you would show us how we need to come back to you for each individual. I pray that you would give them a personal vision of what they need to do in their life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of the things that you see about Samson in the very first part of his story is that God had a purpose for his life before he was born. So if you look at Judges chapter 13, in the first five verses of Judges chapter 13, you find the beginning of, of uh, the announcement to uh, Samson's mother before he was born. His father's name was Manoah. An angel of the Lord came to Manoah's wife, and in uh, verse Three, the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Now therefore be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines." Now, what makes Jesus different from Samson? Jesus was a Nazarene, and Samson was a Nazarite. Is that the same thing? No, it's not the same thing, because a Nazarene 
is simply a person from Nazareth. That's all that means when he talks about Jesus the Nazarene. He was a person from Nazareth. Samson was a Nazarite. And in the, Nazar in the Old Testament, Nazarite means separated. So God had a purpose for Samson's life before he was born. I've told you over and over. I remind myself of that over and over that God had a purpose for your life also before you were born. That purpose that God had for your life remains intact to this day. Though you may be off track, the purpose that God had for your life remains. Number two, it was the purpose of Samson's life to live a life separated to God. Uh, and so his life was to be characterized by an otherness, a differentness. In Judges 13, verses 6 and 7, the Bible describes that. Uh, Manoah's wife tells her husband, she said, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the angel of God, very awesome. I did not ask where he came from, nor did he tell me his name. But he said to me, You shall conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall not drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Now, a Nazarite in the Old Testament could determine the length of his, and it could be a woman, a man or a woman. You could determine the length of your own separation to God. You could say, okay, I want to be a Nazarite to God for 18 months. And so for 18 months, I'm not going to cut my hair. I'm not going to drink anything uh, from, from uh, the fruit of the vine. The grape. I'm not going to eat grapes. Can't eat, do any of that. But for, for 18 months, I'm going to be committed to God, totally committed to God. And at the end of that 18 months, I'll shave my head, which indicates the outward, that's the outward expression that the, my inward commitment to God is broken, that I no longer have this separation to God. But for Samson, it was not a finite period. Rather, it was from the womb until the day of his death. I guess that is finite, but it was not a short period of time. It was his whole life. He was to be separated to God. And when you become a believer, when you're born again, from that day to the day of your death, you are to be separated to God. So in that way, I guess all of us are like Nazarites. And Jesus was in that way like a Nazarite in that he was separated to God. We are to be separated to God. Next, Samson was to live a life separated from the world. In Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, in the Bible there, you see the law of the Nazarite. And it says in those verses, Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to dedicate himself to the Lord, he shall abstain from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar, whether made from wine or strong drink. He shall... He, nor shall he drink any grape juice, nor eat fresh or dried grapes. All the days of his separation he shall not eat anything that is produced by the grapevine, from the seeds even to the skin. All the days of his vow of separation no razor shall pass over his head. He shall be holy until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the Lord. He shall let the locks of his hair grow long. All the days of his separation to the Lord he shall not go near to a dead person, he shall not make himself unclean for his father or his mother, for his brother or his sister when they die, because his separation to God is on his head. All the days of his separation 
He is holy to the Lord. In other words, he was to be different. His diet was to be different. His personal habits were to be different. His hair was to be different. The customs, his customs were to be different from those of every one around him. And all of those outward practices, including his hair, were outward indicators of his inward dedication to God. When you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are also to be not only separated to God, but separated from the world. You don't conform to your culture. You live, the life, you live a life of holiness. Now the Bible says here about Samson that he was to not make himself unclean for any of his family when they died. And, and imagine this picture. Joseph of Arimathea, after Jesus was crucified, went and took the body of Jesus and prepared it for burial. That made him ceremonially unclean. Samson could not have done that. Not for his father, not for his mother, not for his brother, not for his sister. Because he was separated to God. He was not to become unclean, nor to allow anyone to make him unclean. You're not to be unclean. You're to live a life of personal holiness. Your husband is not to make you unclean. Your wife is not to make you unclean. Not for your boyfriend or your girlfriend or anybody else. Because you belong to Jesus. You are separated to God and you are to be separated from the world. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he said, Therefore I urge you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That's what you are supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's not optional. And he goes on to say, Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So I would ask you and I would ask myself, are you living a life separated to God, a life that reflects the, the ongoing process of, of spiritual transformation toward personal holiness and Christ-likeness? If not, then your life is off track, whatever God's big purpose is, a part of that big purpose is personal holiness in your life. You being the person every day that God wants you to be. You not being conformed to the culture, not being conformed to this world, but committed to God's truth, God's law, and God's word. The result of that was Samson's separated life would be anointed by the presence of and power of God's Spirit. That's the next thing I want to show you. And all of us, if you know the story of Samson, you know that he was the super strong man of the Bible. He could battle a thousand men, and he did on one occasion, a thousand men and come out victorious. Samson did. That's how strong he was. So Samson's life is a story of strength. However, while his life is the story of strength, it's also the story of weakness. I bet your life is too. The story of strength, and the story of weakness. Was there a time in your life that you were the person that God wanted you to be? Was there a time in your life when you served God more faithfully than you do today? Was there a time in your life when all the pieces of your commitment to God were intact until that day you broke off a little piece and dropped it here and you broke off a little piece down the road and dropped it there and you broke off another little piece? You know what I mean. There was a time in your life when it was all intact and then for this, that, or the other, 
your commitment to God began to fall apart. So the next step in Samson's life, this man who was used greatly of God, is that Samson conformed his culture. You know, you know what the culture of the day was? In the book of Judges, the, the big thing in the culture was every man did that which was right in his own eyes, and so did Samson. There was an occasion where he saw this girl among the Philistines. She was a woman of Timnah in chapter 14. And so he goes to his parents, his mother and father, and says, I want this girl. And they say, look, she's a Philistine. She doesn't share your faith. She doesn't share your passion to God. He doesn't. He said, I don't care. She looks good to me. Get her for me. And the result of that was brokenness in his life, brokenness in the life of his family. because, And he broke his own commitment to God there. That was one piece of it because she didn't share his faith. She didn't share his commitment to God. He took one step away from his commitment to God. Everything seemed to be fine. And you can do that too, and everything will be fine for a while. God will continue to work in your life for a while, but if you continue to take steps away from God, he will withdraw his presence and his blessing for your life. The next step, the next piece that Samson broke off of his commitment to God, if it's a step in the process or if it's all just a bigger part of the process, Samson's passion for other things became more important to him than his personal passion for God's purpose. In other words, you know, you know that, one, that, that God had a purpose for your life. I told you that if God had a purpose for your life before you were born, that his purpose for your life is still intact even though you may be off track. But your life is on track and it doesn't matter to you anymore that God had a purpose for your life. It doesn't bother you that you're off track. You want to go off on your own and go your own way and do your own thing. But God's purpose for your life, the rails are still there and you're off track. Well, Samson's commitment to God was broken little by little. We turn to chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, and we see him breaking it one more time with a harlot in Gaza, thinking, I can break off all that, I can do whatever I want to, and I'm invincible, nothing's going to stop me. Uh, and that was true as long as Samson walked with God, but he was moving further and further from God. And eventually that will catch up with you. Watch how it happened in Samson. Sin is going to rob Samson of his otherness, of his strength, of his reputation, and of his freedom. And you know... This is not just an Old Testament story. It happens every day in the life of some Christian minister or some servant of God. Their commitment to God is broken. They get off track and their life goes way out of the way of the, the, the original direction that God intended it to go. So we get to chapter 16, verses 4 through 17. And when Samson encounters this lady, Delilah, and she begins to question him about why he's so strong. And the reason she does that is because the Philistines, his enemy, and the enemy of God's people, they want to tie him up, they want to capture him, they want to hurt him, they want to hurt God's people and God's purpose. And so for whatever reason, Samson is not upfront with her about who he is and why he's so strong. He could have answered the question initially by just saying, you know, my hair is long because I'm committed to God. I'm a Nazarite to God. I'm supposed to live for God. God has a purpose for my life. And I'm pursuing that purpose for my life. And my purpose, God's purpose for my life won't be broken. And I won't get off track for anybody in my purpose to God. But he didn't. Rather, he told her a series of stories. He said, I'm strong. And if you bind me, he said, the secret to my strength is if you bind me 
with this, I, 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 can't, I can't get away. Well, she tried that, and it didn't work. And uh, then, then he told her another story, and she bound him and told her, told, and announced, the Philistines are upon you, and, and he broke those bonds. It happened again and again until finally she said, I thought you said you loved me. I thought you said we had this relationship with one another, and if you love me, you'll do this for me. And so finally, annoyed, the Bible says, we get over to the last part of chapter 16, well, not the last part, but about verse 17, verse 16, it came about when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him that his soul was annoyed to death, so he told her all that was in his heart and said to her, A razor has never come on my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaved, then my strength will leave me. Let me ask you a question. Did his strength have anything to do with his hair? No. Nothing to do with his hair. All that hair was... I don't have any, do I? All that hair was was an outward indicator of his inward separation to God. Now, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when a Nazarite broke their vow, when the vow was complete, they shaved their head to tell everybody, my commitment to God is over. I'm no longer a Nazarite. I'm no longer separated to God. And Samson said, if my head ever gets shaved, that will be the end of this commitment. That will mean my commitment to God is broken. I won't have any strength anymore. Well, his commitment to God was already long broken. And the last link in his commitment to God was just showing it up on the outward side. Shave my head, the vow's broken. Everybody will know. She shaved his head. She called for the Philistines. They gouged out his eyes. He couldn't get away. He shook himself as he did before, but he didn't know the Lord had departed from him. All the pieces dropped along the way. And ultimately, the Lord departed from him. That's a sad thing. Losing his passion for God cost him his connection uh, to God. And so, ultimately, uh, and we, we see what happened to him. And then, God allowed him to come, become a captive of the enemy. And that's the next thing that can happen in a person's life. You get off track with God and, you, and you, the purpose he has for you. You lose your connection with God, you become a captive to the enemy. Look at chapter 16, verses 21 through 24. Then the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes, and they brought him down to Gaza and bound him with broad chains, and he was a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it was shaved off. Now the lords of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God, and to rejoice, for they said, Our God has given Samson our enemy into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has given our enemy into our hands, even the destroyer of our country who slain many of us. You see here, not only did it hurt Samson's reputation, who's the other reputation that it hurt? It hurt God's reputation. And that's what, happened when, what happens when sin sullies and tarnishes your reputation. It also hurts the reputation of God. And so Samson became a captive of the enemy. Can that happen to you? Could you become a captive of the enemy? Are you a captive of the enemy? But the key question we want to answer, the main question we want to answer that we started with is this, the final point of the message. Can a person who was once separated to God, a person who was once separated to God, 
if that person becomes separated from God, can that person ever be used by God again? Well, let me say this. All the songs we sang this morning, not because I picked them. I didn't pick them. Doug picked them. But every one of them, to the last one, every one of them talked about failing, falling. Talked about the messes that we make in our own lives and Jesus always being there. Well, let's look at the final story, part of the story of Samson. Verse 25 of Judges, and we're in chapter 16. So it happened when they were high in spirits. They said, call for Samson that he may amuse us. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he entertained them. And they made him stand between the pillars. Then Samson said to the boy who was holding his hand, let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And about 3,000 men and women were on the roof looking on while Samson was amusing them. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, God, oh Lord God, please remember me and strengthen me just this time, O oh God, that I may be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And of course the story is that here's a man who, it wasn't just because his hair grew back, the hair had nothing to do with it. It was across the course of the time when his hair grew, he had time to realize, God, my life has gotten so off track. God, I, I'm not in the purpose that you had for me anymore. God, my life is all messed up. God, could you ever use me again? Could God ever use Samson again? Yes, he did. Now, you may have lost the otherness that you once had when you walked intimately with God, but I want to tell you this. If you will repent and return, you can still be different from other men. You can give the years that you have left back to God and ask Him to use your life for His honor and glory and say, God, I have spent a lot of years off track and my life has gone way out of the way. Would you please, Lord, put my life back on course and for whatever years I have left, would you use me? You know, one of the, my favorite verses in the Bible comes from the book of Lamentations when, when Jeremiah was standing in the ruins of Jerusalem, the smoke and the ashes. He said, God, one thing I know, your faithfulness is great, and your mercy is new every morning, even on a day like today, when it seems like it's all shot. That might be right where you are. Would you ask God, would you pray to God like Samson did and say, God, would you please forgive me? Would you please remember me? And would you please give me one more chance? Let's pray.